This is the evening edition of the Daily Podcast Practice Show for Tuesday, January 11th, 2022. I'm your host, Rich Grimshaw, putting the P in podcasting by practicing the art, the craft, and the sport of podcasting. It's good to be here practicing my podcasting skills, and thank you for being here with me on my journey to complete 365 consecutive daily podcast episodes, a journey I began 325 days ago on February 20th, 2021. Boy, that's a long time ago. Seems seems like only 320 days ago, but it's really 325, so there's that. For the Lunatalians in our listening audience, we have a waxing gibbous moon tonight, heading toward a full moon that will occur in just six days, January 17th, at precisely 648 post-meridium here in the Atlanta, Georgia area. So plan your activities accordingly. Today is National Arkansas Day. That in itself, hmm, not terribly exciting, but I lived there in Arkansas from 1962 to 1970 in Fort Smith, and I managed to enjoy most of that stay. I have many good memories of fishing and hiking and water skiing, rafting on the rivers, and just being outdoors. And it's where I learned to say y'all and all y'all. I didn't learn how to say fixin' there, though. That, it wasn't until I got to Georgia that I learned how to say fixin'. Arkansas is called the nature state because it has so many parks and lakes and rivers. And here's a fun fact. The state name is spelled A-R-K-A-N-S-A-S, as in Arkansas, which comes from the Quapaw Indians, which lived there before the white man took over, run them out, and it means the people who live downstream. But it's pronounced Arkansas, A-R-K-A-N-S-A-W, Arkansas, due to legislation passed by the state government in 1881. Yeah, there's there's a law that says how to pronounce the state name. And here's another fun fact. The state has an award, a title of Arkansas Traveler. It's an honorary title, and it's bestowed on notable individuals who, through their actions, serve as goodwill ambassadors for the state. A certificate is signed by the governor, secretary of state, and the recipient's sponsor, and given to the honoree during a ceremony attended by the signers. And here is the punchline. My late father received this award when he left the Dixie Cup manufacturing plant in Fort Smith in 1970. He was transferred back east. And I think that award is hanging on the wall in my sister's house somewhere. I need to to ask her about that. So I'm the second son of a legitimate Arkansas traveler, and I am due all the rights and privileges thereof. On this date in 1693, the most powerful earthquake in Italian recorded history, an estimated magnitude of 7.4, occurred near Sicily in southern Italy. The tsunamis that followed devastated coastal villages on the Ionian Sea and the Straits of Messina. And... In 1839, an earthquake of unknown magnitude killed 700 people and destroyed half of the Port Royal in Martinique. See, folks, these earthquakes, they're, they're big stuff, and you don't want to mess with them, and that's why we usually have a daily earthquake report, but not today because we've just got other stuff to do. 
Let's go to a birthday. Born on this day in 1895 in Evanston, Illinois, American engineer and musical instrument inventor Lawrence Hammond. He's the guy who invented the Hammond organ, which was originally marketed to churches as a, a low-cost or lower-cost alternative to a pipe organ or instead of a piano or maybe in addition to a piano. But it really caught on with professional jazz musicians as the center of uh, a trio. You would have the, the jazz organ, a bass player, a drummer, and you'd have yourself a really good sound. And jazz club owners found that these so-called organ trios were just a whole lot cheaper than hiring a big band. And they brought the patrons in, so it was a deal. But let's get back to Lawrence. He studied mechanical engineering at Cornell University and graduated with honors in 1916. Then World War I came along and he served with the Army engineers and rose to the rank of captain. After the war, he moved to Detroit and was chief engineer for the Gray Motor Company, where they manufactured marine engines. And then after that, he's got a whole bunch of inventions and side businesses. But let's fast forward to 1933 when he bought a used piano and he got rid of everything except the keyboard action. And he used the keyboard as a controller, experimenting with different sound generating methods and finally settled on the tone wheel generator. I have no idea what that is. I'm interested as heck, but time didn't allow me to go poking into that because I got to get this episode out tonight. But anyhow, that's what he used, a tone wheel generator. He had an assistant treasurer in the companies that he was running, and his name was W.L. Leahy. And he was also the organist at the St. Christopher's Episcopal Church, which was nearby. So Lawrence consulted with him about the quality of the new instrument's sound and uh, and kind of dialed it in, you know, between the two of them. And thanks to his prior experience with manufacturing, he was able to really engineer the heck out of this tone wheel generator thing. And by the time the Hammond organ finally went into production in 1935, it was sounding really, really good. And it took off from there. They made around 2 million of these Hammond organs and sold them to churches and and jazz musicians alike. Lauren died in 1973 at age 78. So happy birthday, Lawrence, and thank you for your contribution to the world of music. And that is all for today, but I leave you with this thought from Duke Ellington, who, as far as I know, never played a Hammond organ, but he was a great jazz musician just the same. And his quote is, by and large, jazz has always been like the kind of a man you wouldn't want your daughter to associate with. Meditate on that and enjoy your journey to enlightenment. Let's wrap this up and stick a fork in it because it's done. I am Rich Grimshaw, and you are invited to join me again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.